Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Justin Hanover, host of How I Built My Online Coaching Business. And if you want to learn how to build amazing relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today is another up-and-comer feature with a buddy of mine named Justin Hanover. Justin is a featured member of one of our mastermind groups that um, battled COVID head-on and, uh, and basically lost. So we had to end up postponing one of our big trips in the mastermind until next springtime because we just didn't think that it would do justice to try to hurry it up and make it happen sooner. So, But in the meantime, though, I've watched Justin join up with the group and um, just kind of was unsure about where he was headed, but now is absolutely killing it in the online coaching and business game. And uh, his new podcast is helping him do those things. And so I, I really am super excited to introduce my buddy, Justin Hanover. Justin, welcome to the show, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Travis. I'm really honored and, and excited to be on the show and, and be able to share my story and any type of insights, obviously, I can provide to the audience. Yes, sir. So let's do that then. Let's go ahead and build some context here, head back in time. 
talk about uh, what it was like growing up to be Justin, you know, let's say 12 years old. Talk to me about, you know, your family life where you grew up and maybe interests, likes, dislikes at that time. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much at that age, for me, sports was my life. Soccer was my life. I was pretty much uh, into that constantly. And that consumed most of my day, uh, in which really kind of helped set the foundation for what I went into first um, as I got older and stuff like that, and just kind of finding my way with uh, kind of where I wanted to go with my life and everything and getting into business and obviously why I chose to go into like the, the fitness world first because I've been in it's such a passion of mine uh, myself. And so it's just kind of it was a natural progression for me from the sports world into the fitness coaching aspect, I should say. Yeah. What did your parents do? My mom, she was like a paraprofessional at a, a high school and my dad is uh, like a kind of like a microbiologist, let's say. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So not really entrepreneurial at all then. No. Yeah. yeah very much the opposite way. Was there a lot of pressure growing up at all to do kind of like the traditional, you know, go to school, get good grades, get into a good college, get a degree, graduate, go be a you know physical therapist or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was in high school, I always felt different. Like I always felt like to me, I kind of felt like high school was a waste of time. It just didn't feel like I was gaining anything from it. Yeah, you know, like it yeah. didn't. I just I knew school wasn't for me. But to still kind of fall in the line with like what traditionally people expect. Like I originally started after high school going to like a tech school for architecture and like drafting. Oh, really? Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and uh, did that for about six months and realized that this is not the life that I want and quit that. Obviously there was pushback with the family and like not understanding why I would do that. Just kind of took some time off and actually just, just worked for a little bit. Um, okay. I worked at golf courses nice. um, and just kind of was in that world until I kind of finally built up my courage to go for like the personal training thing. Cause you know, everyone has their stories in their heads of what they think they can or should do. And yeah. for me for a while, I was like, Oh, well, I'm like, I'm athletic, but I'm not like this big muscular guy. So like, I shouldn't be like training people and all this stuff. So it's like that head game. And then finally he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go for it. Like, so I went for my personal training license, went to school for that. And then started the business right away because I like, I knew working for somebody was not for me based on obviously past jobs. I just didn't like that. It just wasn't, I wasn't not necessarily the best employee. <laughs> but you continued to work as you went through the licensing process and stuff like that, you were continuing to work your like regular job at that point? Yes. Basically, until I was ready to actually start the business. And then I took the plunge and, and like literally just quit the job that I had and went full blast into the personal training. So I was like fully committed to making that happen. Like there wasn't a plan B. Yeah, right. And how old were you when you started working at random golf courses and stuff like that? versus when you went full time and took the plunge into your personal training business? Golf courses, I mean, that was end of high school. So I was like 17 at that time. And then 19 was when, like the end of 19, almost 20 was when I started the personal training business. Okay, so pretty close after the other. How long did it take you to go full time with the personal training? It was probably about six months. Okay, so you hit the ground pretty pretty hard then, huh? You hit the, hit the ground running with that. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty much like doing everything that I initially don't enjoy doing now. But like, you, yeah. I mean, you do what you got to do at that point. Like I was like, how I got my star was basically going around door to door and dropping flyers, talking to people. I just happened to hit it with this. I mean, it was it's a testament obviously to like what you preach to your network. I hit it off with this one person that essentially branched into me creating the $500,000 business that I had. Like it all started with this person. Wow. You know, I, 
they gave me an opportunity to move into their like little space that they had right on Main Street. It was like maybe a 500 square foot building and gave me the first three months rent free just because he believed in me. Like he saw, nice. like, like he saw my drive uh, yeah. and yeah. gave me that opportunity. And I just, I took it and ran. Yeah. One thing I want to point out there, bro, is we kind of glossed over it a little bit. And I want to make sure that I highlight you for doing this because you said something when you were saying, you know, I, I did the things that, you know, I don't like doing or that I don't do now or something like that. And then you said, but you got to do what you got to do. And I think that not enough people agree with that. I think that there is a lot of people out there that just sit and think and ponder and have the same desires. That's the weird thing to me is they'll have the same exact desire that you might have had, right? But uh, when they look at the options, they're like, well, I don't know how to build a business. And then they just kind of quit. Or they're like, well, I need money to spend on advertising or something like that. Whereas you were just looking at it as like, okay, what do I really need? What is the number one thing that I need for my business? And the answer for you was customers. I need people to buy my stuff. How do I do that? I don't know. I'm brand new to business. I didn't go to business school. I didn't have any of these other things where I didn't have a, a mentor yeah. that's helping me and telling me that to use this form of social media or this form of SEO or this form of paid advertising. Like I didn't have any of those things. So what did I do? I went door to door, which is the grind, right? Like that is the hustle when you're out there pounding the pavement. And it went door to door until you found your first personal training client, which is somebody that became a big believer in you. That right there, I think, bro, is what separates a lot of people is how bad do you actually want it? What is the price that you are not going to be willing to pay someday? You know, like is your will to win for sale and your will to win was not for sale. Like you said, like it was not an option. It was like, this is the, what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it until I have success with it. Not I'm going to do it. And then, you know, maybe if it takes off, I'll keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like it was, yeah. I'm going to do this until it takes off. And, and a lot of times it takes that type of mentality to be able to see success at all, but especially to be able to see success with it as early on as you saw it within six months, be able to quit your job. You know, people would love to quit their job and do their own thing and like work for themselves. And you did it in six months and still were practical about it. You didn't just say, I'm done with this and then quit everything that you were doing and hope that you could build a business soon before your next bills were due. Went through it in a meticulous process, had a plan, worked the plan, worked your regular job. And then on top of that, when you got home, it wasn't like, go do whatever I want. It was, I have this other thing to work on because if I really want this version of my life to come to fruition in the future, then it's going to require me to work after work. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So at that time in my life, I hated weekends because I, I saw weekends as a waste. Like, mm -hmm. like to me, that's when everything stalled then because people don't work on the weekends. People that I needed to talk to to move my business forward don't work on the weekends. So it's like at that point, I was like, I just despised weekends. I was like, okay, I'm ready to keep going and keep pushing and keep going. Yeah. And like, and, and like I said, yeah, I paid off. And I totally agree with you. Like, there's totally not enough people with that mindset that get into the business game and then wonder why it's not working. And it's, mm. it's frustrating because especially when you see someone that like could have potential and they don't just do it. Like, they just, they just don't do it. They're waiting for something, man. I don't know what it is, but they're waiting for yeah. something, to, you know, the right time or maybe the right mentor, maybe the right, you know, amount of money in their bank account. I, I don't know. The point is when you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, you're only pushing off your own success. You're not getting closer to success. You're just pushing it off all the time when you continue to wait and wait and wait and not take any action. So I just wanted to mention that really quick before we move forward. So you end up getting your first client and that brings in some more clients. You get a little studio space. Talk to me about the next steps in building your fitness business there. The way I started was like 100% bootstrap. So I didn't have any money to advertise market or anything like that. 
so it was completely focused on like doing the things that I did in the beginning and then over delivering in my service and like just showing up and caring, you know, and like just really like doing what I say I'm going to do for people essentially. And like just pouring that into every single person that came to me and that like my clientele grew to like 40, about 40 private clients in a year because of that. Like I never spent any money on advertising. I didn't even have social media at that time. Like I yeah. like, I think I maybe had a presence on Facebook, but I didn't use it at all. Yeah, not um, the business page. Yeah, I just sure. didn't care for social media. And like just 100% focused on relationships um, and building relationships with people and they just send me people. Yeah, so was your business all referral-based, 100% referral-based? Yeah, it was 100%, 100% referral-based. Maybe every now and then I would get like, a random person calling me, but that wasn't the norm. It was mostly referral based. And like I said, I did built that up to about a year. And that's when I started realizing, okay, like I need to start maybe like building an actual business with this and like leveraging my time better. Cause that time I was going from like four in the morning till nine o'clock at night yeah, um, yeah. doing training sessions. You know, and so that's when I opened up the second location and started doing like group training Okay, and kind of brought that aspect into it. And that's when I first started hiring people. Tell me about that first step. Cause I find that this is a transition that a lot of people just never make because it's a difficult transition. When you go from just like solopreneur hustler, you know, when it's not really a business, it's more like almost just being a freelancer in a way, you know, that solopreneur mentality. It's the jump from there to having, turning the business into a real business that operates and runs, even without you having to be there every single day for 12 hours a day. That seems to be a big jump that doesn't make sense for a lot of people or they can't make sense of it. And therefore they stay where they are and just max out at working 12 hours a day and running themselves ragged and, and then limiting their own income and their own freedom which is the reasons that they got into entrepreneurship to begin with. So talk to me about the first couple of steps, like real practical here, bro. Like what was step one when you were like, hey, I can't continue doing the things that I'm doing right now because I'm gonna drive myself crazy. I need to get out of that, but I don't know anything about business and how it works. What do you do? What's the first step? Well, that's, you said, essentially, I realized at that point where like I maxed out my hours of what I can do. And then I was like, okay, income wise, like this still isn't where I want to be income wise. So then that's when I started realizing, okay, the group model makes sense because I can service more people, you know, make more per hour. And not have to work as many hours um, to do that and ser- again and service more people. So that's when I started kind of getting into different type of programs, mentor groups, and like kind of surrounding myself with people that I saw that did what I wanted to do to some degree. I never, I didn't hire a coach at that point. I still was trying to kind of pretty much try to piece it together myself, but uh, I was still, I was intrigued. I was like, I was following different people. It's kind of watching different things. How old are you now at this point? maybe 22. Very much still in like infancy stages of, of your business experience. Yeah, no, definitely. And to be honest, I'm, I mean, th- this was definitely the hardest part. I made a lot of mistakes. It took a long time to like where you finally actually learn this process. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I've made a lot of mistakes hiring in the beginning and actually had to remove my first hire right before I was actually opening. Wow. It's just, yeah. <laughs> like literally. Who, the, who was your first hire in terms um, of like what kind of position? She was a fitness trainer at a local gym and she was older than me. I mean, again, obviously most people I'm going to be working with are going to be older than me. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. At 22. Her, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at her upper forties. And I thought I was looking, kind of looking at it from the perspective that she had a big following locally. So I was like, okay, this could be a potentially good thing because she'll draw people to me because yeah. she's well known in the town. Not looking at, okay, is she actually a good fit? Does she believe in what I believe in? Is she have a good personality? Do we mesh? 
And we found that out right before, again, like literally the day before it was going to be opening, that was not going to work. She saw me as a kid. She didn't respect me as the business owner. And that's where I made that mistake. It was just, again, just looking at it from one perspective and not uh, does this person actually fit. So obviously like that went nowhere. That actually forced me to push off, I think the opening like a week to kind of just get my bearings. And I actually started like a lot of the classes myself. So it ends up doing the opposite of what I wanted it to do in the beginning of getting more like leveraging my time better. Yeah. It was a grind again in the beginning to just get that going. And then I started bringing on some other, eventually found some people to bring on. For the most of my career with that, stayed with the younger crowd, like from the 20 to 27 range is where I found so far, I guess the, the best people to bring on for that particular position and that job. Mm. The flip side of that is obviously you do have turnover because like they're not people like they're looking like eventually at some point building a career and moving on that type of thing. So it, there's mm. always like pluses and minuses no matter which way you go. But for the best fit for what I was doing, what I was building kind of found in that that age bracket. And like I said, I think, I think it depends obviously where you're at too, because for me, it just connected better rather than working, trying to work with somebody that was double my age and seeing me as again, that business owner, not somebody that's a kid to them. Yeah, sure. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode of the Build Your Network podcast will be back in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. 
Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job descriptions, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. I personally love Indeed. It makes it easy to hire great talent, and according to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. That's right, worldwide. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash network. The offer is valid through March 31st. So what are you waiting for? Go to Indeed.com slash network and claim $75 in free credit before March 31st. That's Indeed.com slash network. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. This episode of the Build Your Network podcast is brought to you by Gusto, the all-in-one HR for growing businesses. You can get everything you need to hire, pay, manage, and support your hardworking team in one intuitive platform. You can automatically file and pay all state, local, and federal payroll taxes, do simple time tracking, time off requests, and more, and have access to a wide range of health and financial benefits and direct access to certified HR experts. That's just a few of the amazing tools that you get with Gusto. And right now, you can get three months free when you run your first payroll. All you have to do is use the URL gusto.com slash Travis. That's G-U-S-T-O dot com slash Travis. All right, let's get back to the show. Okay, so do you remember picking up any resources or anything that would help you figure out those things when you're that young? Like fi- figuring out even simple things like, you know, bookkeeping or business formation or just really essential stuff that when you're just a personal trainer, you don't really have to think about it. But then when you start bringing on employees and you start getting another location, you have all of a sudden these real hard expenses that are popping up. Was there any sort of fear around that? And how did you navigate those waters? I didn't really have any fear around it because I guess at that point, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. That's where I guess I would say ignorance is bliss. And <laughs> sometimes I think, especially in the early stages, knowing too much, I think is something that could stop you from taking action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't necessarily know everything that I should have at that point. But in terms of like learning in and outs of like the businesses, I did get surrounded by good people. I got in touch with an accountant right away that specialized in like launch businesses, like get early stage businesses. And I'm actually still working with that woman today. And that helped tremendously because it definitely took a lot off my plate of having to figure out like the bookkeeping side of things and tracking side of things and tax side of things. So it's like that definitely was a very smart move at that age to just allow like to work with somebody that was a good fit for handling that uh, and not feel like I have to take that on and allow me to just focus on like the service side of things and making sure that that is on par. But I would say I didn't, I wasn't really into personal development or coaching until maybe two years after opening that second location. And I had like a humbling experience happening where I, I lost basically I would say two thirds of my membership in about two months. It was like a massive blow. Um, and at a point where I was like, okay, like, should I even continue with this? Like, does right. this make sense to move forward? That's when I realized, okay, Justin, like, 
you got to stop trying to just piecemeal this together yourself. Let's go. And that's when I reached out and got like my first mentor or coach that I worked with and started to create some more hard like strategy. And I came up with this whole like accountability and retention program. And from that point, then I started like growing back up again. From that point forward, like I never... I never read any books before that really. Yeah. So like from that point forward, I started reading like a book or two a month, getting different business coaching programs. I had different coaches. I would say in, in the 10 years, I probably have spent I don't know, maybe like 120,000 on coaches. Like once I saw the value in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, again, like I think sometimes you have to go through an experience like that to like force it, like to really be able to see like, okay. It tears apart your ego. Right. Like yeah. cause up to that point, especially when you're that young, you know, when you're, when you're that young, you think, you know, a bunch of stuff until yeah. you hit this point in life where you realize that you don't know anything <laughs> about anything. And yeah. A lot oh of yeah. Like, up to that point, I, I thought I was like the gift to business and yeah, right. uh, I was going to be on like Forbes by the time I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So something big happens. It causes an internal reflection point really where, you have to sit there and ask yourself that question. And I think that that's a, another thing to point out there is to ask yourself the fact that you went in and asked yourself that question, like, is this something that's still worth it to me to get past? And, and is it is this still worth it for me to continue moving forward here? And your answer was yes. And so then if the answer is yes, okay, then what is the next step now? And the next step for you was, well, I don't know what the next step is. So I need somebody to come in and help me figure out what that next step is. And I think that's a really powerful insight right there again, man, because I think that a lot of people don't take don't take opportunities like that to examine and get clear on what it is that they're after. You know what I mean? Like if you didn't take a second to, to think about, you know, is this even worth it to me anymore? I think that you would have been doing yourself a disservice. And I think that a lot of people do that to themselves as well is that like they just kind of keep going to the next thing without taking a second, taking a breather and saying, okay, this really, this crazy event happened. What do I want now from like with this new view that I have with this new like, you know, glasses that I'm wearing from this location, do I still want to end up where I originally wanted to end up? And your answer was yes. And so that's what ended up, you know, making you go out and get a coach because if that's the direction you need to go in, then that's the next step for you because you don't know what to do next. And and uh, so w- were you able to kind of dissect the reason why you lost that much business in that short period of a time? The coaching kind of helped with that? Yeah, I, I really just didn't have, like the big things that I focused on after that was the retention. Like I had no real system around retention to keep people engaged for a longer duration than what I was doing. So not having the right systems in place on the fulfillment side was an issue. And so that was definitely something that we focused heavily on. And then from there, like more, because up until that point, I never, since we, it was just private training up at the point, I never had necessarily had to learn how to get leads on a more frequent basis to fill things because it's totally different, obviously, when it's yourself and privately versus now feeding other people and having to do a group setting. You need more people flowing through. So that was definitely a learning experience too of like, okay, like how do I ramp that up? Because I never really had to do that before that point. I'm curious if you had to adjust any of your pricing or anything to be able to start advertising more. Yes, like that was definitely, that was a mistake on my part too of, it's about understanding who you're surrounding yourself to because like, Sometimes people around you that can seem like mentors aren't really the best people you should be listening to. Mm -hmm. And 
I went against my gut instinct, especially with my pricing and went on the cheaper end. Mm. And that caused a lot of problems that, that mm. attracted the wrong type of person that I didn't want to work with. And obviously it made it hard to like have an advertising budget to do something like that. That was definitely like a learning curve to go through of like having to then ramp up my prices. Right. That's um, and lose some people along the way as well. Yeah, right. And understand that that's okay. Your business is transforming and therefore your client is going to be transforming a little bit. And if some of your client base now doesn't get on board for that new version of the client, you know, even though they might have been great clients, they're not going to fit the business model going forward. And I think that it was astute of you to, to notice that. That's one thing that I've noticed with a lot of people, especially people who are in that freelancer stage and they're nervous about taking it into the business stage. Pricing tends to be significantly lower because once you start running the real business, you start recognizing that you have real expenses, that you have to pay certain things out of them. Like, so binary before, you know what I mean? It's like, I make X amount of dollars. I'm doing the personal training. So it uh, is pretty much expenseless. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can get 20 clients and you know, I'm just making all this money. And how, yeah. why, why are these other people? And you like use that as like even a part of your pitch is like, well, look at this other people. They charge two or three times as much money as I do. And I get better results for my clients. And then you start almost getting a chip on your shoulder about how awesome your prices are. And then you turn it into a business and you start realizing why all those other businesses prices are so high because it's like, oh, I got insurance and then I have to pay to lease the space. And then I have some employees that I have to pay for. Oh, and there's this thing called marketing and advertising because there's going to be something called churn where I start to lose clients. So I have to constantly be replacing them with other clients. And how much money does it cost me to acquire that customer? I got to be able to spend that much money and I got to be able to make a profit at the end of it. You know what I mean? Like you start to realize at, at, some, time, at some point. Yeah, right. Exactly. That I was significantly underpriced here. But I, honestly, though, I also think that that's a big part of the process is being willing to do it for those lower prices before so that you can go out and refine your system, get real results for your clients and customers and make sure that you have happy people before you just start charging what the other people are charging just for the sake yeah. of charging that amount, you know? Exactly. I definitely think there's something to be said for building the appropriate confidence. Yeah. And obviously making sure that you actually your service backs up what you're saying. <laughs> right. And rewarding clients that stuck with you from the beginning too, you know, that doesn't always mean that you have to raise their prices up to match the new clients that you have coming on. You know, you maybe want to give them a reward or incentive or a lifelong discount for being with me from the beginning, things like that when you make those types of jumps. What are some of the other lessons that you learned when you were making that leap into making this a real business rather than just having some training clients? A big thing for me, it was like the personal development side of things and stop seeing myself as the operator and as the leader. And that's when I started really, really more focusing on like my communication skills and yeah. like coaching people from a different perspective. So no longer necessarily coaching the actual client, but coaching the coach to help them yeah. um, be exceptional in their job. So that was definitely, I think, a big mindset shift to go from thinking I had to be this rock star, like personal trainer to, okay, I need to actually be a rockstar business owner and leader. And that's when I, that totally shifted my perspective and focus on what I personally focused on and went from studying like bones and muscles to the business strategy and leadership and communication yeah. you know, and stuff. So it's, I think that was definitely the big thing, especially obviously with bringing on a team, like our, our height, I think we probably had like eight or 10 people on our team. So yeah, I mean, like you need to make sure that you're keeping everybody on 
tasked with the vision of what they're contributing to. And that was definitely something I had to learn because like I was in the beginning when I first started hiring people, I took on this mindset of like, I knew what I needed to get. Like I had the mindset, okay, if it needs to get done, just do it. And I just assumed that like, that's how people would take that as well. Like, okay, you see it needs to get done, just do it. Yeah. Uh, that assumption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't work out too well. <laughs> so I was like, it definitely needs a little bit more handholding yeah. in that process. Yeah. It's, it, that's a humbling experience in itself to go from being like an operator in a business to actually being a leader in the business because you realize like, everything falls back on you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, of course, there's a the rare case where someone just is really not a good fit, but generally if someone fails, it's because like you didn't set them up for success. Mm-hmm. And that's something I definitely had to learn through failure and through that experience uh, mm-hmm. of unfortunately not necessarily seeing people be successful because I didn't help them in the best way that I could have. Sure. And that is, I mean, huge props to you, man. That's a huge leadership lesson too, that I think is extremely valuable. Even if you don't even view yourself as a leader, everybody has to learn how to take responsibility for the things that are theirs and your business at the end of the day is yours. And if you have employees that are messing up, then like you said, like if you just blame it on the employee, the thing about blaming everything on everybody else is that you'll never have control that way. You'll never actually reach a point where you have control over what happens and what doesn't happen. And if you're just going to do that, then you're just going to live life and hope luck favors you. You know what I mean? And whereas you looked at the situation, had employees that were messing up and instead of blaming them for their shortcomings or getting upset with them for not taking initiative or whatever, you said, you know what? That's on me as a leader to not have equipped them properly or to maybe have hired maybe the wrong person with the wrong personality fit or had hired the right person but put them in the wrong position in your company and you need to move them to another spot that makes them, challenges them and, and gets them fired up to be there. You know, there's so many other key aspects there. But if you don't take that responsibility at all, then you don't view it as being within your control. And that's just a vicious cycle that it ends up with, you know, you burning and turning employees and uh, upsetting a bunch of people, including yourself getting frustrated and then going back to just working a nine to five. So talk to me about next steps then, man. Like when you started implementing these new things and started building it up, sounds like you guys had some pretty good success, but uh, that's obviously not what you're doing anymore. So talk to us about the decision to leave that and then what you're up to now. Yeah. Like I said, we built it up to the point where we had about 350 members and 18 members. And we were like in the coming into the year, like our 10th year in, in business. And we were actually very profitable. I mean, we were running a very profitable facility and it was, it was kind of turning into like a money machine, but it was not fulfilling. Um, mm. It was like at that point, like it's just, I realized that like, okay, I did what I was supposed to do with it, but it wasn't allowing me to necessarily live the way that I wanted to live. And and my wife as well. And that's what we were slowly starting to realize that it's like, and it was starting to like, it's a point where like, it was building like resentment towards the business. Cause it was yeah. like, it wasn't in alignment where we were at, at that point in our lives and the way we wanted to live and where we wanted to live. So that's when we realized it was not good. I mean, that's not a good place to be. That's very negative, obviously. And like, that's not good for the business, not good for people that are around you. So we made the decision, okay, like we need to move away from this. And we did actually look into selling and we had it like appraised and everything, very good appraisal. But the issue was, it was like, okay, this is going to take a year, year and a half to sell this. And at that point, I mean, we already kind of like checked out and I was like, no, like that's not going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's not going to be a good situation waiting that out. And we decided to just close the business up and sell the equipment and, and walk away. Um, and like, I don't, people are like, oh, do you miss it? Or something. No, I don't, I don't look at it as a failure. I look at it as like, we it ran its course. 
works and what it was meant to do for me and our life and our family and stuff. And it did what it needed to do. I learned what I needed to learn from it. I look at that as like, I didn't go to college. Like that was my college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my introduction into business. And I learned everything that like, not everything, obviously, but like I learned what I need to learn to now move to the next phase in my life. So we uh, walked away from that. And it actually t- turns out it ended up being like excellent timing because it was right before obviously all the COVID and virus thing. We, we closed in December of 2019. Oh, wow. And we, we thank, <laughs> we're very thankful for that every day. Yeah, yeah no kidding. Um, not having to to deal with uh, obviously everything that has transpired since that point. Now, since that point, I'm, I'm working with like coaching online coaches that want to build their online business up. And I specifically run a podcast that is 100% focused on helping online coaches grow their business. I bring other online coaches on that are doing six and seven figures to essentially do what we're doing now, like share their story, like what worked, what didn't work, what was their process to be able to dissect uh, and pull apart what makes sense for you and apply it to your business. Yeah. So if you're in the online coaching space, definitely go check out Justin's podcast. Can you give us the name and then you know where we can go to listen to that, Justin? Yeah. I mean, it's an extremely straightforward name. It's how I built my online coaching business. Perfect. Uh, and it's pretty much in every every major podcast outlet. And you can find me on Instagram as well under online coach growth podcast is my handle there. And I, po- I post obviously all my different episodes and everything that I post a weekly Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. I have new episodes live. Mondays and Fridays are interview based episodes. Fridays is more of a tactical episode where it's like you're going to get like a hard lesson to learn and to apply into your business at the end of that episode. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show. I want to move into the last segment here, the random round. Just quick random questions, quick random answers. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. What profession other than your own do you think that it'd be fun to attempt? A soccer coach. (laughs) If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be? I would say my grandfather. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, videos? Podcasts and books are a close second. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. I get up probably around like 5.36 and we kind of start with, I usually start with some lemon water and I drink some celery juice. Then my wife and I, we do like kind of like our morning prayer. We do some journaling and reflection and how we want that day to go. And then I usually get into a workout. What is your go-to pump up song? Man, I'm probably like the worst one to ask for that. Like, <laughs> I don't really listen to to music that much. That's funny, man. I thought I thought as a trainer you'd have a you'd have like a locked and loaded playlist ready to go. No, I, you know, I'm like the opposite. Like, I hated. I don't. I don't really like listening to music when I work out. Like, mm. It's funny. Like I'm just someone that's like just in the zone. I just go like yeah. type of thing. Like, nice. I, I got after hearing that type of music for so long, you kind of get sick of it. Sure. <laughs> what is something that you are not very good at? The communication side of things, and man, you're putting me on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good answer by itself, bro. That's a yeah. Good- as we get everything wrapped up here man what's one place online where we're going to be able to find you the most i would say like instagram like i mentioned before online coach growth podcast and then facebook justin hanover perfect so head on over to instagram and if you are listening to this whatever app you're listening to this on be sure to go check out justin's podcast just go search his name in the search bar there and you'll be directed over to his stuff that's justin hanover h-a-n-o-v-e-r Justin, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I got one last thing here for you because I totally forgot to ask you during the interview and I can't let you go without asking you because it's a staple question of the show. Who you know or what you know, Justin, which of the two do you view as being more important and why? 
from my experience, like definitely who, you know, I mean, that is what has opened up so many doors before I actually knew anything. Yeah. Love it, bro. Love it. Thanks so much for joining me on the show, man. Looking forward to the next time we can hang in person and looking forward to the Costa Rica trip with you and the rest of the mastermind. Can't wait to hang out and actually be able to high five people and, and hug and all that good stuff. So I'm um, looking forward to it, man. I appreciate everything you do and always enjoy talking with you. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.